Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. And Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents, and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain. Feel free to call in to tonight's show at... 888-627-6008 and speak with Dr. Williams and his guests live on air. And now, your host, Dr. Williams. Well, good evening and welcome to the most beautiful city in the absolute world, Houston, Texas. And go Astros. Did you even hear about that game today? 24-26 to something, <laughs> to one or something like that against the Cardinals. What a season it's going to be for the Houston Astros. Welcome to the program tonight. I'm looking out and it's just been a kind of a nasty day here in Houston, but the sun's gone down and we have just a little bit of twilight left behind me. But uh, welcome to my home. This is going to be an awesome um, program tonight with a dear friend, and and we're just going to be sharing some thoughts about stress, dealing with things in life, uh, how do you handle it, um, overcoming things that maybe blindside us, uh, trying to keep things on an even keel when the world around you is doing this. Uh, just all kinds of different uh, topics tonight, and just going to be a, a good, calm. Uh, soothing, hopefully, uh, show. And you want to get out a pen and paper, uh, be able to write down her name and her her book that she's written, plus one that's going to be coming out uh, shortly. And I'm excited about having her back on the program. I just got back. I, I've done a, I, I left church at 11 o'clock after preaching there and hit the road and drove to San Antonio and spoke at the Rosenberg School of Optometry uh, to a whole bunch of doctors on uh, human trafficking, and then uh, that was at 3 o'clock in San Antonio. Got done with that at 4.30 and was on the road back to Houston, and I literally just uh, just jumped into the, the house here and took off a sport coat, and here I am. But, you know, it's neat to be able to be in a car and um, think. I love driving. Uh, I've always loved to be on road trips and, and with family, with kids and, you know, all that too. But sometimes it's just nice to be alone where TV's not blurring and uh, you can kind of just let your mind go. And, you know, it's an amazing world. I don't believe I've ever been to San Antonio. I drove right past the entrance to the Alamo and all that. And it, it's it's just an amazing world out there. But, you know, something that's much larger, uh, more intricate, uh, more amazing is something that's inside each and every one of us. The thoughts that come from inside are what populates every syllable in every word, on every page, in every book in the world. And every building you see and every structure that's designed all comes from that spark of a thought 
uh, once upon a time. And it's brilliant and terrifying at the exact same time. We have the ability to build and destroy in our minds. And let me tell you, tonight's going to be a guest that knows how to do that, knows how to build, how to to fortify, to soothe and calm. My world needs that every now and then. This place here that I call home is really small at times. And when the sun goes completely down behind me, it gets really dark in here sometimes, but it's not the physical. It's always the mental that's in my mind. And we can literally take the smallest worry and amplify it into a colossal, huge potential problems that sometimes can paralyze us in fear. Or on the other hand, we can tell ourselves that even though we're a pain, we can do it. We can push just a little bit harder to achieve what we know and set out to be able to accomplish. Mental strength is what makes people extraordinary. Mental strength. Thank goodness it's not physical because of my age. There's not much physical left with me. And the older I get, there's not much mental left with me either. But I tell you what, it's that ability to be able to calm things. I've had people... This week, last week, the week before, years before, say, Greg, how how did you make it through all this stuff? You know, I, I ought to be a Ted Bundy. I ought to be a, a Charles Manson. Only by the grace of God, inside of my mind, my heart, and my spirit, that I've been grounded enough to keep all of those things that explode in our minds from a, a little seed that turns into a fantasy that is completely out of control or a, a fear that can't be a dwindle or uh, extinguished anymore into just saying, Hey, God got me through that day. He'll get me through another one, one day at a time. And let me tell you, one day at a time isn't good enough for me on certain days. Some days it has to be one hour at a time, one minute at a time. And life is never going to be what happens to you but rather how you deal with the things that are happening to you. And that's, that's the key. Our minds sometimes are the only refuge that we have from the rest of the world. So you better take care of it. Our mind is a terrible thing to waste. It used to be a commercial, I believe. Uh, and then I believe the, uh, the eggs... And, uh, you know, the frying pan, you know, uh, the, the mind uh, on, on drugs, your, your brain on drugs. But, but don't be afraid to spend some quality time with yourself, journaling, doing guided journals like our, our guest is a pro at. Because eventually, before you know it, you may actually enjoy your own company. There's days I didn't think that would ever happen, but it eventually can. One day, all the people that don't believe in you and that didn't believe in you are going to be telling other people one day, the day that they got to meet you. 
So you have that ability to be able to accomplish what you don't think you can. Quiet the mind and let your soul speak. And you will be amazed what it has to say. Be who you are. Say what you feel. Because those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. So work on your mind this week, because that's what we're going to work on right now. And I got a feeling we're going to have an exercise or two, possibly we can all do, learn how to breathe. I need to learn how to breathe, uh, learn how to journal maybe, but we're going to be guided by uh, a dear friend of mine. Kelly Rooney is here this evening, and she's been here before. She's another Houstonian uh, that I'm so proud to have in my little circle of friends. Uh, there at Texas Children's Hospital. But Kelly, welcome to the program. I'm just so thrilled that you're with us tonight. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, it's, it's my honor. My understanding and the word on the street and the word in the grapevine is that you're working on another book. Yes. And uh, tell me what that book's about. And then we're going to go back and visit about the book that you have out that people can get a hold of right now. So the guided journaling is the theme of my writing. And this second book that I'm working on is going to be more of a personal note, but for a previous relationship, a 17-year marriage uh, that has since ended. But during that time, there was a period that I was the spouse of an alcoholic. And, and it wasn't our entire 17 years, but the last seven years was a big struggle. And um, as an individual that you don't want to walk around sharing that, I had to figure out a way to let go of what I was carrying and so journaling was a big part of that process. So I'm going to put together my story about myself, finding myself, techniques that I did, um, and sharing some honest moments about myself, because that's not something that you can um, typically get by passing a person on the street when you're going through that. So I wanted to be able to put something together that a person at home who's also potentially going through something, but in silence could feel supported and then have a tool. Kelly, tell me, um, I did just a few minutes feel on the mind. How important when is it that when you're going through something as stressful, because this isn't this isn't work uh, right. because you get to clock out and go home. This is life. You live with this stress uh, at a magnitude that's normally here, but it gets to this stage and then it stays there. Tell me how important that mind is to be able to control, uh, filter those thoughts and those fears and anxieties and all those things that's going through your head. So I have learned that the mind is so powerful that it can manifest into its own physical elements and, um, life in general, um, I, my mind could be my worst enemy. It could turn into telling me things that are false I can create a fake fight with somebody in my mind. And that person I get on the phone with, I'm preparing for a very strong conversation. But in the end, it, it's it's all false. So our minds can really take us to that place. I have learned it's a sense of survival that we have built in us. And stress, we typically have a fight or flight response. So it really kind of depends how each person's built. But our minds are very, very powerful. I recently had an experience, a physical experience, uh, last October, where um, 
it, the, between the personal life, I was dealing with some abnormal blood work and I needed to see a provider, hematologist, oncologist, and you can't see them very quickly. So I was waiting for this appointment. At the same time, my heavy workload was you know, just a part of my day. And then as a mom and taking care of my family, uh, my husband today, like there's, there's a lot of hats that you wear. And for me, um, it manifested into what was, I will call a heart attack. Now, officially, I did not have the heart attack, but every element that I, every health element that I went through. So I started off that morning with uh, just some left arm pain, and then it moved to my shoulder, and then it moved down my arm. It was shooting. My left fingers, uh, left side of my hand went numb. uh, Palms were very clammy, and I started losing my sight. And this all happened in a period of six hours. And I ultimately thought, you know, this, I am having a heart attack. And so that was stress. And that was my mind. You know, emotions have that ability. Uh, Stress has that ability. Um, How, how do you control your emotions? Because I think one of the things that I fall into is like you said, I I can't trust my emotions Mm -hmm. because my emotions lie to me. Yes. Uh, constantly. So if I trust in every emotion that I have, I'm going to be a basket case. I won't be out on the balcony here in a minute and say, hey, I think I can fly uh, and just jump off. But so you can't trust the emotions. How do you get uh, a rein or a leash to be able to wrap it around and go, hey, wait a minute. I got to get this back under control because the world is full yes. of stress yes. like crazy. How do you do it? Uh, So the first step is you have to acknowledge it. You can't push it aside, sweep it under a rug. You you really need to spend time with it and acknowledge it because Kelly or with someone else. Well, is it you saying I'm having stress or Hey mom, it's a bad day. I mean, where, where do you, who you want to acknowledge it to? So my old self prior to this uh, experience, I would always say me. Like, I am angry. I am frustrated. I can't stand this. And it would just build and build and build. And from that, a new process now with the acknowledgement step, I actually give it a name and it's Nancy. So Nancy gets frustrated. So it's, um, I don't know if you've heard the term negative Nancy, but it's something that brings some laughter whenever somebody's struggling. And I'll be like, don't be negative Nancy. Ultimately, um, it allows me to separate myself because the anger, the frustration, the uh, struggle, it's not me. It's just a moment. And I have to identify it, but I can't personalize it. So the way I detach is by naming it. So for me, I actually do name it. You know, it's Nancy. And I'll be like, Nancy's acting up. We got to get a hold of her. You identify it, but you don't. Personalize. Personalize it. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay, then you acknowledge it. So you're aware, hey, I'm having these kind of feelings. I'm starting to get out of control. Mm -hmm. And is there another phase, another level? Yes. I personally uh, believe that the next phase is the detachment phase. And it can be short or it can be a long process, but you need to give your time. You need to give yourself time to detach from what's happening. Part of that is naming it Nancy in the minute that I can recognize could be a false situation that I'm pre-creating, could be a real situation that does need attention, but you have, in order to see it and work through it, 
you have to detach from it. And so um, that is the release part. When you are going to move into the detachment place, you're slowly moving into, um, my husband calls it a 30,000 foot view. So it's like you're in the airplane and you're looking down. So you're even further detached from the problem and it may even become less severe. It may even not even be a real problem. Like there's so, depending on what's happening, it can really, uh, the detachment and release can really shift how the problem looks. Okay, so you acknowledge it. There it is. I see it. I, I've named it. And then you detach. Now, when, when you detach, for you personally, do you need to go to another location? Or can yes. you do that all up here uh, yes. when possible? Or what? what's the best way that you found in your world um, the best way to deal and effectively engage detachment. So I, that is exactly correct. I need to move. It's a very simple step. So I work inside. I'm a remote employee. So I work at my home. And part of that means there's not necessarily a full escape that I can go walk to the cafe and grab a coffee like I could when we were in the office. But if you are somewhere where you can truly walk away and take a moment, I absolutely suggest that. For me, I move to my backyard, um, take a minute to just look around, uh, just naturally looking outside, your your mind will see things. So you're no longer focusing on the problem. Your mind is now distracted. So that that does really help to kind of shift my environment. So I go from inside to outside. If I were outside and stressed, I would want to definitely shift to inside. So it's it's just really changing your environment. Do you, do you play the, the brain games? Where, uh, because I've, I've read this in multiple books, uh, you start trying to activate uh, different senses. So if you go outside, yes. you breathe in and smell the air. What's that air smell like? Okay, well, if there's a little smoke in the air. Somebody must be, uh, must be a, a brush fire down the road, or uh, then you feel things and then you look at things. I mean, do you, do you play that? Because your mind, once you start doing that, automatically really you're tricking your brain yes. to shift out of what you were focusing on. Now I was the, I was the other way. I would have a rubber band on my arm. I think I talked about this in my first book and I would snap it. I would always have a rubber band around my wrist. And if I started getting anxiety, I'd snap it because the pain mm -hmm. would cause me to divert what I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. that, unfortunately, it's probably where some people get cutting themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm in so much mental pain. Yeah. I want to hurt myself enough to where I don't have to focus on it anymore. Uh, so is there, are there some tools, tricks, techniques uh, that you use when you go from inside to out or outside to in that you walk yourself through? It is the five senses. It is going and and you will find that if you move to a place that is, it's going to be more visual for me. I think the first thing is what we see. We're not necessarily going to say, Oh, I need to go smell a hot cup of coffee. Cause that is truly a happy place for me. I'm yeah. going to walk somewhere cause I need to change what I'm seeing. So that's the first part of the five senses. It's the first one I need to shift. So I need to, that's the change of the environment. I need to change. Now, when you do your breathing technique, you are essentially going to consume whatever scents are around you. So if you are somewhere and they're cookies baking, something that's just, you know, pleasant, truly enjoy that moment. 
and touching. And, and that, that is true. You can just shift your mind by different textures. So if you're dealing with, um, you know, just walking through the room and you have a textured wall and you touch that dirt, there are things that definitely following, following your five senses, it will shift your mind in a way that it's, it's unconscious. It just happens, which is great. Yeah. On a level of one to 10, where would you be at being 10 being the most stressful and one being very calm? What level would you start saying, okay, wait, I'm getting up to here. I need to do something. I need to start looking at a way to calm this down. Uh, where, where do you know at what stage that anxiety should be dealt with head on? For me, it's above a five. So there's, you know, when we talk about stress management, we're never going to erase stress from our life. So we need to set up the expectations for ourselves that we're going to face that daily. And it's going to come from different places because, you know, some of our triggers for stress, they come from expectations, expected outcomes, um, past experiences, whether good or bad, any changes you're going through, even people pleasing. That's one of my uh, problems. I'm a big people pleaser, which will deplete me pretty quick. Um, and it causes stress. So, so I will always face that, but it has to be above a five for me to say, okay, I need a break. I need to step away um, and really get my mind in, in order because it's not going to take care of itself. I need to step in and start the acknowledgement and the release. Oh, on a percentage uh, scale, would you think that we just absolutely get stressed to the max? over something that never happens. I, you know I mean? Sometimes yeah. we really worry about stuff that never is ever going to even come into our life. Those what ifs, oh my lands, he's going to do this, or she's going to say that, or this is going to happen. The boss is going to fire me and the boss don't even know you had to leave early Friday or whatever the situation is. Do we, do we create our own little tornadoes and, and wind tunnels in our life? Uh, so I can speak for myself. That would probably be 70% of the time. I have this internal fear. Um, I, I believe that everybody's made differently. And so someone may have it happen less often. And then someone like me, I do come to the place of worry and concern about the situation. And it's always that expected outcome or, you know, I'm, I'm wanting something to go a certain way. And when that doesn't happen, or there's a change happening, I get a little bit, un, you know, it's an unsteady moment for me. Do you feel people can actually get to the, the point where they actually worry themselves sick um, over things that simply aren't even reality? Yes. Um, how does that play in this gamut of of anxiety and stress and trying to de acknowledge it and detach from it how do you deal yeah. with that you know i think when it's it's at that level where it's it's like this fake reality there's there's going to be a root reason for that and i think that's where it needs to be uncovered is what's the reason for that thought of what may happen um is it because of an insecurity is it because it's actually an internal situation that you're projecting out onto somebody else. So diving down to the root cause of that thought, which is a part of the acknowledgement 
and dealing with the release, you really need to go deep because that is ultimately going to show you and reflect back to you. What is this situation that I'm so worried about and creating an outcome that probably won't come true. However, my mind has says it will. How I, I'm trying to deal with my own my own weird mind, but sometimes I do past experiences and assume people are going to treat me yes. just like my dad treated me, or just like those people that abused me treated me, or just like the bad relationship ended up. So I start putting up walls. And in my world, those walls get really, really high. And my trust level becomes almost impossible to allow anybody in. Have you dealt with that? Yes, I have. And it, it probably comes from uh, more of a relationship part. Uh, just anything that triggers me to worry that I'm un I am a player in the relationship that's not making the other person happy. Um, for me, that's that's one of my root causes. It's the people pleasing side, um, and I have learned that it's it's the give grace um, when I need to move into the thought shift, which is the third step that I work through. Uh, so I've acknowledged the problem. And I am in the process of releasing it because I know that Nancy wants to people please. And when I move to the thought shift, that is the moment that I can start working through the problem and start uh, trying to not repeat it. So I have noticed I can go from acknowledgement to release. I'm at the 30,000 foot view and I actually feel a lot better. But if I don't move into the thought shift process, it becomes an unresolved stress and it becomes a repeated pattern for me. So the people pleasing side is one that I've had to really work on. And part of that is I'm now having to learn how to use my voice and share what's going on without worry of somebody's response and just give myself grace, always know that my intentions are, are well. And, and that, that keeps me grounded so that I'm not repeating the people pleasing, even though that is, you know, I will constantly be working on that. But um, so you got to go from your acknowledgement, your release to the thought shift to fully work through the moment, because we can actually feel really good at the time of at the time of releasing it. And that's where I believe I created a pattern because I didn't fully work through it. So if you just get to the detachment or release, if you don't go through this thought shift, is it a possibility of that wave just tiding out and then coming right back even more powerful? So that's why you have to really uh, deal with the, the thought process of what just happened and why or what's involved in that third part of that mm -hmm. uh, attachment release and, and thought shift. What's involved in that thought shift, the third step? So, so that is absolutely where my heart attack experience happened. Everything oh. for me, I thought I was resolving it. I thought I was taking care of it and I would do the universal. I'm fine. And you know, that always means you're not, but for me, that was how I felt like, okay, I'm fine. And it just piled and piled and piled and piled. And then before you know it, my 
hands numb and I'm losing my vision and sitting in the ER for eight hours because we can't understand what's going on with my body. So, um, so for the thought shift, uh, I definitely had to learn how to receive help. That is something that I personally um, have kind of just been that independent woman, just kind of manage things, taking care of things. And this moment that the stress became so powerful, I had to move into a place of receiving help and being open to it, not just, you know, saying, okay, you know, know, yeah, it was absolutely hard. I had to be open to receiving help. And that is having, you know, the, the support system, my husband, my dad, my children, even, you know, they're there doing things that, you know, in the house, in the household, we all partner together. And I, um, I don't know if it's my control side, but very quickly, I'll just do, 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 and not realize I have now set myself up for that overwhelming feeling. And then the anxiety sets in that I'm going to disappoint somebody and then we're back in this people-pleasing cycle. So uh, being open to the, the help is first. Okay. So you're open for the health. The thought process and the thought shift is, is going through. You just came off the, uh, the release. Um, what else is involved in that shifting of your thoughts? Uh, how do you process those thoughts? Am I the only one that has little people inside your head that talks to you? Well, you're talking to Nancy, so I'm not the only one. Right. I, and even if it's not Nancy, I constantly talk to myself quite often when I'm trying to work through a problem. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to troubleshoot it this way. Or I'm going to try it that way. I think it's just rude when you don't respond to yourself. So we just, you know, it's just nice enough to ourselves to do back and forth. But um, uh, for me, the, uh, for, and going back to the heart attack situation, it did identify that my anxiety is a, a chemical imbalance that I'm experiencing and I am not able to manage it on my own, even with applying meditation and journaling. It's still this pattern that was continuing. So I am taking an anti-anxiety medication and I believe that the stigma today around mental health and any kind of medication isn't as positive or as spoken about. And I think we should normalize the need for this. And it's absolutely been a resource for me to calm those thoughts and it's allowed my voice in a healthy way to come out and say, Hey, I'm not fine. Or this would be a better approach for me in this situation. I'm no longer doing the fight or flight response. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I want to find more out about this thought process. We're going to take our only commercial break tonight. 888-627-6008. If you want to get involved, it looks like we have some activity on our, uh, Shattered by the Darkness Facebook page right now. Right now, so you're welcome to go on there, comment, question on that. But if you want to call and talk straight to Kelly or myself, feel free to do that. And TJ at the awesome BBS radio station will answer with his radio voice and patch you right on through. But we're going to take our only commercial break, and we'll be right back. And we're going to drill down a little bit deeper because we're going to have to work on our thoughts, how to get them out of there. And does this have anything to do with journaling? We're going to find out more about that on the other side of this commercial break. Hang with us. Be right back. From HCI Publishing, that brought you the international bestsellers, A Child Called It, 
and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father for over 12 years and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent about that abuse for 30 years. If you're looking for that book that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of Shattered by the Darkness by Dr. Gregory Williams at all Barnes & Noble stores, Amazon, and Books A Million. Now, back to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Welcome back. You know, my uh, my texts are kind of uh, getting overwhelming right now. People are responding, so that's always good. Uh, Kelly Rooney is our guest tonight. She has written a beautiful book. I have the e version right here. If you can see it in Turbulent Times, hold that hold that book up, Kelly, so everybody can see it. There it is, right there. A beautiful book, short read, but it's the depth of it uh, is what I think you get out of this book. What you put into the book, uh, just like. You know, any book, you can just read it and put it to the side. But if you take it and really pause, think through, and in this thought uh, shift mode that we're in, and did you come up with this art? Is this yours? I I had to build it for myself. So it's not in oh. this book per se, but it's something that I did build for myself as a quick tool. Yeah, I mean, this uh, acknowledge and uh, detach and uh, release. And uh, the thought, this this is good. This is sellable. Uh, this is really, really, really good. Uh, so tell me more about uh, that that thought uh, shift, because I have a feeling I may have to sling a little sweat uh, that this won't be so easy because sometimes I don't want to deal with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. So what do we have to do to get through this stage? So um, with within the... For me, so we talked about, you know, I, I have to be open to receiving help. I am taking with my physician's help, the medication that is helping the chemical imbalance. And then we also have the opportunity to talk to somebody. Now, this is recommended for me. It's recommended as a safe person, meaning they can listen without judgment. Oh. And you really need one person. It doesn't need to be the same person for every situation because people are able to support you in different ways, but you don't want to retell your story multiple times because all you're doing is keeping the stress alive. So definitely the one person and limit yourself. See if, if you can share the information within a 15 minute window. It kind of helps limit the the verse of the you know you don't want to you do want to share details but when, it, when you can get to that 30,000 foot view and just summarize it it really does help move through letting it go so the safe person and and it being one time shared is really a great way yeah, to just keep creating more anxiety right you start to tell Correct. the story you get all worked up you get all anxious again and you want to fight yes. or fight or do something break something else in the house or whatever. So yeah, that's, that's really important. So you want a safe person and you're yes. recommending maybe the same one or somebody that I, understands you or. Yes. Uh, and it, okay. Yes. It does not have to be the same person because um, 
for me, you know, if I'm dealing with a work situation, I have a buddy that understands my work world. If I'm dealing with my home situation, typically my husband's there by my side as we tackle things. Um, it, it really is. My dad's always been a really great resource for me, but it is in that moment, I'm going to just pick one to, to talk about it with. And then limit that to 15, 20 minutes in that area, a short amount of time. Okay. If, so we're talking possible. about sharing it. Okay. Yes. You want, what will happen is you want to be able to share enough to where you feel like you got it off your chest. And then that opens up yourself to receiving information. You're going to go back to that place of receiving help. Your person that you're sharing with without judgment, most likely will have some really great advice or even say, you know, something that you're like, let's go take a walk or let's go see a movie in your mind after you have shared it truly moves to a place of no longer being triggered by it. So you can move into that place in the conversation with either receiving the advice or let's move on and do a different activity with the friend. So that that's typically what, what will happen next. Okay. Any other steps besides that or is that? Oh, I've got lots. So okay. moving into okay. the journaling part. So that yeah. that really is um the journaling part is is you can do lots of different things with journaling. So, so I'm, is, I, is the I'm sorry for interrupting, but is the can the journaling be complete without this safe person? Yes. Uh, but it's more powerful if you include both. I believe so. Okay, so okay, let's, let's go in. yeah, yeah, it could be a therapist. It doesn't need to be somebody you know. You know, uh, again, mental health and and normalizing the conversation. There are resources out there for us, and um, a therapy you know, therapy session is not to be ashamed of. That's absolutely the reason why you want to go. Yeah. Okay, so I grab my journal, which I have thousands of them around. I was just gonna. Yes, yes, I have. I want to tell you all the different kinds I do. Oh, so, yeah. um, in the morning, I have this really pretty, this nifty traveler journal, and it's got my calendar. And then towards the back, I actually have um, kind of color coded and I kind of in the morning, I like to put in a Bible verse, goal and affirmation, very short because I'm, you know, preparing for the day. But this is how I ground myself in the morning. I This is my routine and I'm writing down and this is my morning book that goes with me. But it's also going to kind of go with me throughout um, the day because it has my calendar. So this is my my morning journal. And then um, the evening, so how I ground myself every day is I start off journaling. I like to, to have a goal, an affirmation, a scripture, and then I will um, also want to end my day in a similar fashion. So this is a real beautiful, this is from my husband when we were dating. He got this for me, and it's a beautiful um, leather-bound journal. I just love it. So this journal, it's kind of, you know, you just it's this beautiful paper, and I can put in there, I use this as reflection. And so I'm reflecting on my day. And what I like to do in reflection is I like to identify three things I'm thankful for that day. I also want to list out anything I learned, which is actually you're going to list your stressors, but at the summarized level, because that stress is actually feedback. Um, you know, it, it moves from very difficult position to now it's feedback. And now you can say, you know what? I didn't really care for how um, this situation went or this conversation went. What would I do differently tomorrow if it happened again? If I had to replay it, 
what would I do different tomorrow? And so I like to list out that opportunity of what would I like to try again tomorrow so that I'm doing it in a healthier way and ultimately uh, not repeating the pattern so that the stress doesn't come back. So I like that's part of my reflection as well. You know, I, I've, I've, I've talked, I don't know how many people in the three and a half, four years we've done this program and, and I, I've never, I don't believe had anybody tell me they journal in two different journals, two different times of the day. And I see the, the beautiful uh, importance of starting that morning because that morning isn't, if I'm reading this right, isn't saying, oh, I had a terrible night last night. My back hurts. I'm going to have to face the office. That morning is basically just you claiming a scripture, you claiming a, a positive uh, attitude or whatever, and then you move it on, right? I mean, that's your hip yes. hip hop cheerleader for the day. Yes. So you don't bleed on the page. You are looking for affirmation, praise to the Lord. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a good day. Yes, absolutely. Pulling your tank. Yeah. Now, we all know, though, that the day's not, you know, we're doing that to ground ourselves for the day, but it's not, it's going to be the foundation because it's not going to mean we have a perfect day. So now now I have a stronger foundation to face my day because we will have the stresses all the time. So this little guy, oh, you can see, has worn pages. So this little guy is the guy that when you want to write something down, that you don't want anybody else to read because writing things down into a book may, someone may feel like I can't write that down. I can't have somebody else read that. But let me tell you, journaling is a physical activity connecting you from your brain to your hand. And that is why there's so much that occurs in journaling in a positive way, because you are releasing it and you are moving it, in my opinion, moving it out of your mind. But this little guy I can go in and write and then delete. And so I have done that multiple times and there's a couple of ways you can do it. Um, if I'm in the day and I, again, don't want to give a lot of time to the situation, but I'm just upset that, you know, a physician spoke to me in a way that really hurt my feelings. I'm going to write down physician hurt my feelings, little sentence, and then write it down so I can let it go. That's my release part, but I can't really address the stress at that moment. I just need to write it down. And at the end of the day, when I'm reflecting, I can come back here and then just tear it out and say, okay, that's done. Or if I'm very, very upset, but I don't want to formally write it into one of my my books here, um, I can write down all of my ugly words. And that is a-okay to write down ugly words. It is not hurting anybody because if you were to say anything, you can never take it back. But if you want to get it out, because holding anything in is just going to, again, pile and pile and pile, and it's just going to overflow in many different ways. This little book can carry all those ugly words. And again, I tear it out, shred it up and throw it away. So how important is that transport from here to here onto paper? What kind of experience, what kind of expertise do you have in that go, hey, wait, the power that goes from here to here and then to actually put it down is huge. What what wisdom do you have? How important is that? Well, why can't I just talk to myself and say it? Why can't I cuss it at that doctor in the car on my way home from the hospital? I said it, but is there uh, another one of those uh, mind games that your brain goes into when you go from here to here onto that path? Yeah, I believe you're stuck in the um, middle section, the release section. So between acknowledge, release, and thought shift, journaling falls in the thought shift. But 
if you just speak to yourself in your mind about it, you're doing some releasing and detachment and you will feel better, but you may see a pattern repeat because it still may be unresolved. So I believe journaling will take you to that final step of thought shift. Okay, good. Okay, so you have three journals that you're carrying around with you. Or did you deal with? I do. How, how important is the evening to be able to release that? Um, that one doesn't happen for me right now. Uh, the morning one's the biggest, the one I, I do, do not skip that. I do, I do my morning one. Um, the evening one, it depends on how my night goes. So I give myself grace. If, if I don't need to do it, I'm okay with it, but it is a great tool. If you are still sitting with something that's just not feeling right. And we all need a good night's rest. So that that truly could impact your sleep if you're still hanging on to anything. Doing the evening journaling will help you uh, let go even more. Well, I think uh, the, the Bible even says, don't let the, the sun go down on your anger. So right. it doesn't mean you, you could be angry with yourself, angry with the situation, angry with your, your account balance on your checking account, angry with so many different things. And I think there's a reason that the sun goes down. It should be a calming effect. Release that stuff so you can hear. I I don't sleep, so here I am really I'm I'm preaching to myself here. But um, I just just wonder how important it is to through your guided journals, uh, Kelly. That I really want everybody to go online tonight and get this. Um, so, important that you help them do this if they've never done it before. And, and I believe that's more of us than, than not. I believe quite a few of us have a beautiful journal on our nightstand that's empty. Hmm. So the goal of this is to take you to the place of the journaling, um, the guided journaling. So where this book is, again, a short read, but where I kind of start off. So within what the journal, sorry, say it again. What page are you on? I am on page five for day one, airplane one wisdom. Says airplane wisdom? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm with you. Okay. And so I'm going to read a part about pressure. So I do in here, you will see my journal entry, and then I will basically walk through how I'm talking to myself. So the part that I'm going to move to is the lessons learned, which is going to be for me on page seven on this book. Yes. And then I'm going to talk about pressure. So I wrote, Pressure comes in many different ways. You can experience it from life expectations. For me, the workplace and my home life have very high levels of expectations. I know that I am my worst enemy. I have learned that our mind places a level of expectations that can be very hard to meet. The force from takeoff, so this is the airplane, the force from takeoff reminds me of life holding me down, pushing me back. And just like the airplane with the door shut, we sometimes do not have control. What can I do other than experience it, right? And that, that's that little snippet there. And so there's a lot, I have 10 days of these moments that I'm sharing and, and offering you know, my own thoughts of what I'm going through. And then I'll end with a little question to say, do you have any challenges during this time? Write all the details down, good and bad. And so that's, um, how I move you through, and it's ten, I say 10 days, you could do one day at a time, or you could sit with this book in one setting and just read all these great journal entries. So that, that is um, that part. And then within the book, we have mindfulness. So in between the journal entries, I have a, a mindfulness section. 
So on page 12, I'm on the gratitude. This is where I give you guidance on gratitude journaling. And this truly, truly is a great tool to shift your thoughts pretty quick. Um, and I, very simple, I grab three three things. So it's it's finding that hidden gem from your day because you want to be able to appreciate it. Or even in that stressful moment, you're going to find a way to um, look at something else so you can, can kind of detach from the situation. So finding those three things that you are thankful for are definitely great ideas to, to write those down. And then also... Uh, find a person to say thank you to. I believe um, our purpose in life is to be of service of others, uh, to others. And so with that, when we are going through something, if we acknowledge, work through the release, but we can find something that we can do for somebody else, that will also help us move outside of our self, our stress, and into the place of serving and really seeing that, you know what, life's okay. Yeah, that. That keeps me alive, helping other people. If it wasn't for that, I'm dead meat. I'm smart enough to know better than that. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes I take that to the extreme to where it hurts because I can't say no. Mm -hmm. uh, so there has to be a balance there. Yes. And sometimes it's a real fine line. Yes, that's so true. Um, that That's the depleting side of the people-pleasing world. Yeah. And that balance is definitely hard to, to identify. But the good news is when you see it, knowing how you're going to react to it. Um, your your book, chapter six, uh, this is oh, this is an excellent, excellent quote. I absolutely love this. So your book with when the, the dark clouds come, your chapter six quote is, it's not the stress that kills us. It's our reaction to it. And that is absolutely 100% of what we go through with stress. Well, I'm sure that's in there. That must, that's a good one. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Well, it's on my digital version. I don't know on the print, but I have it on my <laughs> on my uh, Kindle. Your book on my Kindle version. So, um, so that quote speaks volumes. It's absolutely true. It's our yeah. reaction. It's how we deal with it. Yeah. And everybody deals with it on a different level. Yes. Different frequency. Um. And the way I dealt with it for 30, 35 years was to not deal with it. That's the wrong way to deal with it. <laughs> uh, we, we need to head on. Yeah. So when I get overwhelmed, because we only have a minute or two, because they're going to another live show here immediately. Um, and I know this seems simple in elementary. How important is breathing? Yes, absolutely. So, so in the book, I do have a breathing section as well. Um, there's a couple of breathing techniques you can do. You can do one where you inhale for four seconds, you hold for seven, exhale for eight seconds, and this will help reduce anxiety. Um, and you want to repeat that. So I do it three times. That holding the breath moment and releasing it and letting that entire breath go out actually releases tension from my body. So that is a really neat technique that I have learned. Um, then we have a de-stress breathing technique and it's the simple in and out. So you're gonna inhale for seven seconds, get a really good full breath all the way down to your belly button. And then you're going to exhale for 11 seconds or until your breath has fully, fully left. So that way it's you're, you're doing, and you're gonna repeat it, but you're doing a very deep inhale and exhale to de-stress. And again, three times or 
um, I don't know if you have an iPhone watch, you'll have that app, that breathing app, and that little icon gets big and gets little. It's, it's definitely the same idea and taking a moment to breathe. I, I don't think we realize how often that we hold our breath. Well, especially when stress hits, when yes. anxiety hits, when that doctor walks in and throws the door open and, and starts after you, you automatically go, yes. And then all you want to do is, you know, so I breathing. Did you have one more technique? Uh, so movement. Uh, so we, the movement. Uh, we talked a little bit about going outside, but the movement, taking a walk, you need to let go of some of that energy. So it's pent up. If I'm at my desk and I'm building that energy up and up and up, I need to release it. So yeah. you can do some movement, the journaling, if even with your handwriting, that's some movement, but that's also a really great one movement. Fantastic. Well, Kelly, I tell you what, it's been awesome having you and I'm getting all kinds of people acknowledge this on, on my phone, which is great. I'm looking, let me look here. Wonderful, all the people that's commented on Facebook, too. Um, put your book up there one more time so we can see it. In Turbulent Times, and you can just literally type it in right now on Amazon uh, mm -hmm. and download it, ebook, or you can get it purchased uh, mm -hmm. by Kelly Rooney. And what's the name of your new book when it comes out? Have you got a name for that um, book? Withstand the Tide. Withstand the Tide. So you got In Turbulent Times and Withstand the Tide. Wow. That is good. The tide. All right. Fantastic. When do you think that one's going to be out? Uh, so I'm in the writing phase, but I want to do a better job publishing. I've done this myself. And so I wanted to be what they call scrappy. Just get it out, get it done. That's how the turbulent times is. But I want to ask for help on the publishing. So somebody that can get the chapters aligned. There's, It's just a world that I'm not great at. So okay. I am, um, I'm hoping maybe at the end of this year, but give myself this year to get all of that together. Okay. Around the holidays would be ideal because it would be, It'd be a great holiday. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for sharing tonight. Great stuff. Great topic. Great response. I'm getting all over. So just thank you so much for being here. Anytime you want to come back, uh, you're, you're welcome to be on the program and I uh, hope your family's all well and tell your husband, thank you for sharing uh his bride tonight with us in the world so i appreciate it oh and i want to mention one thing that i did yeah. create a stress uh stress management tool on gracefulrider.com it's free so if you go to the website and you move to the thing to the scroll down to things we love there is a learn more button for this stress management tool and uh it it will give you everything we talked about today graceful rider dot com yes fantastic thank you kelly keep blogging keep writing keep making a positive impact on this world i sure appreciate you my friend thank you so much thank you okay as we do each and every week i always like to just close the program with just letting you know and i think you you heard it from kelly better than what you hear from me um no matter what's going on in your life sometimes all you have to do is take a step back change locations go to a different location just go out and breathe just go out and look at the world around you. Just get yourself detached away from that situation. But always remember and never forget, no matter what you're going through, there's hope. In those turbulent times, um, there's hope. I promise you. Join us next week. For, you're going to love next week. We're going to do some improv next week to how to deal with stress live right here on another edition 
of breaking the silence. God bless. Have an awesome, awesome week. Take care. Good night. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 832-396-6525 or email him at shatteredbythedarkness at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio Station 1 for the next episode of Breaking the Silence. Thank you.